if we could spend more time in the future designing a better experience, we might just eliminate a lot of the time that we have to review bad things that happened in the past because the bad things that happened in the past might have been prevented if we had a more personally designed experience to begin with. Welcome to Humanizing Healthcare, where we talk with innovators and thought leaders who are working to make healthcare experiences more compassionate and rewarding for all. Our host is Chris Malone, founder of Fidelum Health and author of the award-winning book, The Human Brand, how we relate to people, products, and companies. Hi, I'm Chris Malone, and I'll be your host for today's discussion. Thanks for joining us. Today, we are especially pleased to welcome the Plaintree community to our broadcast. Plaintree is our new partner in the Humanizing Healthcare program. For those who may be unfamiliar, Plaintree is a global not-for-profit organization dedicated to humanizing healthcare for everyone through excellence and person-centered care. Joining us to share a few thoughts on our new partnership is Michael Giuliano, president at Plaintree. Thank you for joining us today, Michael. Of course, and thank you, Chris, and welcome everyone to this Humanizing Healthcare webinar. It's with great passion and pleasure that we have partnered with Fidelum Health from Plaintree to continue the work of great, like-minded, passionate, committed organizations to improving healthcare. It's a very exciting milestone this year for Plaintree as we have entered our 45th year of existence. We were founded in 1978 by a single patient reflecting on her experience in hospital. And we are now driven on a mission and vision to humanize healthcare for everyone, everywhere, every time. We do this through education, consulting, and our world-leading certification program, now working in over 36 countries and with over 800 healthcare organizations dedicated to this journey. We are looking forward to working with Fidelum and bringing to you the connection across a global community of passionate, tried and true experts in person-centered care that are dedicated to humanizing health so that we can all learn and make further impacts for our patients, families, staff, and community. Thank you again, Chris, and looking forward to the discussion with Doug today. Thanks very much, Michael. We look forward to working with you and your team in the months ahead. So today, we are pleased to welcome our first guest from the Plaintree community to the program. We'll be talking with Doug Johnson, patient experience officer at the newly rebranded Endeavor Health. Welcome to the program, Doug. Thank you, Chris. Happy to be here. So to get us started, can you tell us a bit about your role at Endeavor Health? Sure. So uh, yeah, the newly named Endeavor Health as of uh, yesterday, which I'll get into in just a second. So uh, our large health system is, is kind of divided into two regions. And in one of those regions, I'm the patient experience officer. Uh, I also oversee food and nutrition in that in that region. So as it relates to patient experience, I'm responsible for thinking through and designing uh, from past, present, and into future. So what has happened in the past? What are we learning? What are we seeing? What are we hearing? What's happening right now, presently in our hospitals? Uh, and then what do we want to design in the future that is more in line with our vision of safe, seamless, and personal care. So uh, I love my role. I've been here uh, almost six years in, in April and excited to speak with you today. Well, it sounds like you're there at an exciting time as well. Yeah. So we, we took a, a our next step as a combined health system yesterday. So 
the nine hospitals was North Shore University Health System, Edward Elmhurst Health, uh, Northwest Community Healthcare, and Swedish Hospital all came uh, under one name yesterday for the first time, one name, one brand. We're now known in the Chicago suburbs uh, as Endeavor Health. Terrific. Congratulations on that. Big move. Thank you. Yeah, it was a good day yesterday. Excellent. So is there a story you can share about how you came to work in healthcare? I have a lot of stories. Yeah. Uh, so prior to to joining a, a healthcare organization, I didn't really know anything about healthcare. My experience design work was in professional sports and in retail and in a few other areas. But I spent a lot of time as a patient. And uh, one day while I was a patient in a hospital, uh, I got a, a call from a, a wonderful friend, Sonia Rhodes, who uh, was building a, a new team uh, called the Experience Lab. And she was just sharing an update on, on her life. And I happened to be a patient at that time. And we started talking and and she invited me to join her uh, team. And wow. I learned so much from her. Uh, and as almost like an outsider, someone who who didn't quite understand everything about healthcare, but was bringing an outside view in and learned so much from, from Sonia and the rest of her team. And then I was fortunate uh, in my own backyard to uh, connect with the CEO of, of what was called Edward Elmhurst Health at the time. That's where I was a patient and uh, was offered an opportunity to join that organization six years ago. And it's been uh an amazing journey, still learning, still trying new things and and happy to share with your audience today, Chris, some of the things that we uh, have tried, uh, how we approach this work, how we think about this work, uh, who are we studying um, and uh, happy to answer any questions that the audience might have as well. Excellent, excellent. You know, professional sports sounds interesting. What are some of the organizations or roles that you had before coming to healthcare? Yeah, so within professional, I worked for the Chicago Cubs, so I was in, uh, Major League Baseball for five years. And the the number one, I was in the marketing department. And the number one thing I learned from my time there, Chris, at Wrigley Field was uh, every, everybody has a role to play in the show, right? It's called the show. And yes, the the, the fans are, are really there to see the players on the field, just like our patients are really there to see their physician. Let's say if it's a an office visit. But so many of us can uh, make or break someone's day, whether it's a ballpark or a hospital or a doctor's office, um, by not kind of owning our moment. So what I learned when I was with the Cub, Cubs, the person taking the tickets, the person selling the hot dogs, the person playing the organ, the, the uh, grounds crew, the, per the scoreboard operator, the musicians, all of that plays into someone's experience and we may not be the star right we may not be the the first baseman or the doctor but if we own our particular role in the show and own our moment in time which is what we talk a lot about within our region of the health system then good things can happen that means we're all part of it we all have a chance to make someone's day and we've had some success with that uh after baseball worked in uh, destination retail for 11 years where uh, I trained uh, a few hundred Santa Clauses and, and created experiences within uh, retail centers across the country and then ran a marketing agency for a few years that made all the world's Happy Meal toys. So uh, believe it or not, those things do have something uh, to do with, with healthcare. All experience design is, is somewhat similar 
despite the different venues. And our work really kind of focuses, Chris, on uh, how do we want the story to end, right? So what do we want a patient to say when they're discharged from one of our hospitals? What do we want their family to say? How do we get them to feel like, wow, I, I don't necessarily want to be in a hospital, but if I ever have to come back to one, this is the place I want to go. Beyond the great, amazing, safe clinical care, how do we make them feel while we're doing all that great, safe clinical care? And if we work backwards, then we're able to design an experience that feels a little bit more personal. I think that's a really powerful insight, this notion from your prior work of owning each moment and that experiences are delivered one moment at a time and that we all have a role to play you know, in that particular moment. Are there some other insights that you have you know, kind of found helpful as you've come into healthcare as one, or is that really kind of the centerpiece of it for you? You know, the big difference between working at a ballpark and working at a hospital is we could, we could come up with an idea at Wrigley Field and uh, program it into the scoreboard, make sure the PA announcer says it, and then go sit in the stands and see if we were right, right? We could go see if, if, oh, this is a great experience. That's the right song. That's the right contest. That's the right whatever. You can do those types of things uh, in healthcare, right? You can have an idea and you can go implement it. Um, but it's hard to fake being a patient. So I could go be a fan and I just put my Cubs hat on and I'm a fan, but unless you're in some pain or a little scared what the knock on the door might bring in the, in your hospital room, uh, or you're not tired, um, it's hard to kind of fake being a patient. So you can create an experience and then go lay in the bed and say, all right, I think this is what it's like, but, uh, it's not quite the same thing, but for your audience, I would say the one thing one key takeaway is even though you you can't quite imagine what that's like unless you're a real patient, I do encourage you to uh, stay the night in your hospitals. For those of you who work in a hospital, if you haven't done that already, um, why not, right? And if you ask leaders, hey, could I stay the night in the hospital and you're getting some weird looks about that question, that means you're on the right track. Right. Because it's it is supposed this new normal of ours requires us as patient experience leaders to think a little differently. And part of that thinking is, OK, what do our patients actually go through? Uh, what do we sound like at 2 a.m.? Right. You don't have to be hooked into anything, but put on a gown when the census is low. See if you can get into a room, leave your door open and just try to get a good night's sleep. And I bet you you learn more in the, that 24 hour period than doing what I'm doing right now, which is sitting behind my desk and not really in in the hospital. So um, be a patient would be my advice. Great, great insight. Now, over the past few years, it seems like there's been a growing interest in the idea that healthcare needs to become more human, perhaps less transactional, especially since COVID-19 pandemic. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think healthcare needs to become more human? There's two things. One, I, I do think it's very human already, right? We're but there is some work that we can still do. So the, the part that's human already is we all deal with uh, these real human moments in time that require compassion, vulnerability, empathy. Uh, and we do that every single day. And I think your listeners probably do that every single day. So it's not to say we're not already human. It's just to understand what might be missing uh, from the world right now. 
And so what seems to be missing almost in absence is kindness. And so it's not that we're not being as kind as we should be. It's that we're starting to recognize that kindness is absent from our grocery stores and from our highways and from other areas. And so you're not always feeling the love outside in your community, right? So if we can add that small little gesture, that kind word, the hand on the shoulder, a high five, whatever it is, warm blanket, glass of water, the unexpected act of kindness, right? Uh, all of a sudden we see our patients light up. Like it's like they forgot how good that feels. And if you're the one giving it, you also receive that smile back and that helps you feel good. So what we're trying to do is promote the power of acting with kindness. And so our first value as in this new health system is act with kindness, right? And, and we love that within patient experience. It's number one on the list. It's not number seven. It's not number two. It's not number 13. It's number one, act with kindness. And if we do that, some, some amazing things happen. Here's an easy way to, to humanize your stuff. So like within food and nutrition, our food team led by Estevan Branscombe, who's an amazing system director for us. In January, we usually do like this complimentary hot chocolate for our staff, right? So imagine Chicago winter, cold, windy. Uh, it's like a forever winter. It goes on, you know, gray. And then you have this delicious hot chocolate. And we have like eight toppings. There's like chocolate chips and coconut and sprinkles and whipped cream and you name it, it's there. So hot chocolate's delicious. That's great. That's not the humanizing piece. The humanizing piece is we offer hot chocolate with five different milks to make sure every single person can have a cup. So we have rice and almond and soy and coconut and good old fashioned cow milk. Right. And so now if you're one of thousands of team members and we're having hot chocolate day and you see that we have we offer something like you're like, wow, this place really cares about me. And it's the same for our patients. What are those little touches that we can add on to the amazing, safe, quality care we already provide that makes someone's day a little bit better? I think humanizing is trying to figure out what things are as good as medicine that aren't called medicine. Wow. That, I'm hearing two things there. One is simple acts of kindness, the little things that almost cost us nothing, but a little bit of extra consideration that can make such a big difference. And also the little things that personalize the experience for people that show we have thought about their needs and their priorities and what their interests are, and that there's you know some effort around personalizing that experience for them. Those are really great examples. Now, I heard you speak at the Plain Tree Person-Centered Care Conference recently about how you are exploring new approaches to measuring person-centered care and patient experiences. And I think maybe kindness is one of those things that you're looking at. Can you tell us a little bit about your efforts in this area and how that all came about? Yeah, I remember you at the, at the, the, the conference and, and the conversation was around, uh, should we evolve the types of questions we ask patients and and things like HCAPs we we acknowledge aren't going away and and they play a very important role in the uh, care of our of our patients understanding trends and benchmarking um, we're we're not suggesting that that those should should go away what I would encourage your your listeners to embrace as leaders is uh, what other questions would you ask what should you ask 
Um, so you could take all the standard ones, but then then really spend some time, uh, which is what we're doing, trying to figure out what else do we want to know. Like uh, I shared with you at that at that conference, Chris, that I think there's seven questions that I think here's there's kind of stuff I would like to. Know. I'll share two of them with you now, with the audience now. The first is, can you name anyone? If a patient's with us for three days and we ask them that real-time question, can you name someone? And they couldn't, that would suggest we have some, some work. And uh, another question might be, if you've been here before, did we remember you? Right? And if you ask those types of questions, they, they those questions might not be relevant for most of the health systems, but for us trying to deliver on that safe, seamless, and personal care every person, every time, which is our vision. What's beautiful about that vision, Chris, is it's and personal, not or personal. We're not suggesting people should pick one. We're asking them to consider doing all three, right? And in order to do that, you might have to start asking some new questions. So we're, we're thinking that through. We haven't done anything major yet. We have been asking a kindness question for about three years mm. and the data is great. Uh, but we're playing around with the idea of what new questions should we ask in this new normal? Got it. Got it. Now, you mentioned earlier that you're really trying to embrace this notion of moments and delivering experiences one moment at a time. I'm wondering if you could tell me about some other examples. I, I understand maybe birthdays or anniversaries or something like that. What are some of the defined moments that you are, you've got your team deployed around that are helping make a difference for patient experiences? Yeah, with the birth dates and, and birthdays and anniversaries, we're, we're just trying to become more consistent. So probably like your those that are listening, uh, we have nine hospitals in our, our health system. We might do something really special and magical and personal over here and, and over here. It might be totally different. We're just trying to get more consistent across uh, our regions with uh, these particular moments in time. So holidays, December is filled with holidays. What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. uh, an example of um, an, an amazing moment a few years ago at one of our hospitals, Elmhurst Hospital in the Western suburbs of Chicago, there was a patient in our care uh, and her favorite holiday was July 4th. And she was in the hospital on July 4th. And what made her so sad, Chris, was that she was going to miss fireworks. Right? And someone in that room on her care team heard that and chose to do something about it. So very safely, her bed was moved down the hall into another room so she could see out a group of windows so she could see the neighboring suburban fireworks that night, right? That is a, a moment in time that is so personal to that patient. When she left, not only did she talk about the great care, she had this, you are not going to believe what they did for me. And uh, if we can educate all of our team members on identifying those, those things and listening for certain things, you can really make someone's day uh, special. So in some of our training, like we'll go to department meetings, uh, like a roadshow type thing. We talk about Chris moments. So let's say we were speaking with the emergency department. Uh, as an example, we might say if someone came into our care in the emergency department and then was just discharged a few hours later, they might have 10 moments with us, right? And you, Chris, might own moment number three, right? Valet might be number one, uh, but you might own moment number three. Well, if one and two go well, 
you have a chance to be the best version of yourself. And the patient's probably feeling a little bit better that they made the right choice. They're in our care. And now you get to shine. And when you do that, when you own that moment, Chris, you just set up your coworker who owns the next moment, moment number four. But if one and two go horribly wrong, or that's a little dramatic, don't isn't a very good experience, right? You don't really have a chance, right? Now the patient's a little angrier or their friend. So if you do that on the inpatient side, it might be 79 moments, right? At a doctor's office, it might be four. We don't necessarily count. But what we're asking all of our team members to, to think about is uh, you don't have to own all of the moments, just yours, right? And if you do that for one more person a day, and we have over 27,000 team members, right? If everybody just does that for one more person each day, uh, then we're going to do some pretty, pretty amazing things together. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but it seems that there is likely kind of an emotional benefit for the care providers as well you know, when they connect with patients in this way and make a difference. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, you know, work is, it's hard, right? The world's hard right now and challenging and, and our team members do beautiful work every single day. Right. And it's really busy. And so if there's moments that we can begin to hardwire into their day that remind them of why they chose healthcare to begin with, wow, what a, what a beautiful connection to make. Or if there are ways that we can allow our team members to notice and do something about noticing. So for example, in our region, through our hospital foundations, we have received through employee contributions, some philanthropy dollars, Chris, that we're calling the kindness fund. And so if a team member is talking to a patient and the patient has to say no dietary restrictions, but it just would love an almond latte with a little bit of cinnamon from Starbucks, right? All right, let's use the kindness fund and get the $5 from the kindness fund and go get them that Starbucks and bring it up to that patient, right? And all of a sudden they're feeling so good, so human, so loved, right? And we have so many team members that want to do things like that, but we haven't always helped them Right. And so that little fund is another way we're going to try in 2024. There's not significant dollars in there, but enough for some team members to make a patient or their loved one's day a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we've seen in our work is that these little gestures not only have a big impact for patients, but also it provides the emotional fuel that those team members need to be engaged in their work every day. And, and most of them came to healthcare because they want to make a difference in people's lives. And so having that impact is really fulfilling for them. So reflecting on all this, what advice would you offer to other healthcare professionals who might consider following your example and adopting some of these approaches to moments and making a difference and, uh, and engaging in such a personalized way? Are there any kind of important things to focus on or watch outs? Well, we're fortunate because we're part of the Plain Tree community. And so we, we have resources and we connect with other health systems uh, all the time asking for new ideas. My, my advice, if that's the question, would be um, ask, right? In, um, invent, dream up. Um, if not you, then who, right? And, and we all uh, have a responsibility to adopt best practices within our own health system. But nobody ever said you, you can't invent the next best practice, 
right? And so we have a strong appetite for uh, dreaming up new ideas. Uh, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but we're always going to try new things. And what's great about this new normal coming out of COVID and is that uh, the rules can be a little different. And each of you as patient experience leaders can ask, who do we want to be, right? And are we willing to try? Excellent advice. Hey, now let's take a few questions from those listening. Sure. We do have a question. How do healthcare workers um, who are burned out, frustrated, and perceived undervalue can still relate to and treat patients in a humanized way? When their cup is empty, what tools can they be equipped with? I think we've just been talking a little bit about that. Um, but you know, if there's anything you would add to it, that could be helpful. That's very real everywhere, right? It's We're no different. And um, I think all of you know the answers, uh, like what I might say, my suggestions, you know, we have an amazing well-being team. We really promote taking care of yourself so that you can be a good team member and that you can take care of your, your patients, uh, resources uh, to help with uh, mental health during these challenging times. We are, we are no different. Uh, we are just committed, probably like you, to doing everything we can um, to help our team member experience uh, be as important as the patient experience. Uh, that's what's one thing Plaintree has taught us, right? Is that it's person-centered care, not just patient-centered care, not just physician-centered, it's person. It's about all, all of us. And um, yeah, we don't hide away from, hide from those tough things. We, we talk about them and we, we do our best to address them, but we're no different than, than others trying to figure out how do we get so many team members uh, engaged and uh, feeling valued and respected and loved? And uh, one thing I mentioned, uh, Sonia, at the beginning, one thing Sonia Rhodes taught me early, earlier in my healthcare journey was that the things that we're asking our teams to do for our patients uh, is exactly what we should do for our teams, right? And so we do, as a health system, uh, work very hard. Um, on our team member engagement. Yeah, I'm sure all of those same notes of kindness and special moments apply just as much for team members as they do for patients. And so it's a cure that I think can apply to all. We have another question from Lori Verlingeri. Do you discuss or train for de-escalation if the previous moment didn't go well? Yeah, yeah, that great question. Yeah, we do, we have some, not everybody has done the, the training, but our public safety, uh, team has has a, a great de-escalation work. Uh, those that go through some level of of training seem to be really good at it. Um, and we've spent many years on our our plane tree journey began at Elmhurst in 2007. And so we didn't get great at that type of work overnight. It took a long time and a big commitment. And our teams know. Uh, that they are asked to to help kind of bring down. But if they can't, there's there's measures that we take. But yeah, we do offer some training for that. Uh, another question, how are you giving your team the time to implement these concepts, especially with those patients who may have lower health literacy barriers and things of that nature? Yeah, so early on in our work, um, about six years ago, one of the big object objections was it's not possible. Please don't give me any another thing to do on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough time. Um, those same types of objections will probably exist 10 years from now, right? And so we worked very hard to um, 
help people understand that we're not asking you to add a new thing to your list. We're asking you to consider how you do your your list already, right? So there's that great book about setting the table by uh, Danny Meyer food and the big difference between services and experiences. The services is um, what you do and the experience is how you do the what. So if you're an x-ray tech, you're like, I have to do these x-rays. Yes, that's what you do, but how you do it, right? If you're in valet, your moment might be taking a ticket and saying, okay, and your name is Chris. Okay, great. And so then when Chris is done with his appointment, and I'm handing the, the keys back, I say, here you go, Chris. That did not take any extra time, right? It's just helping people consider how they do their what already. We have not gone through like huge training program. We just go to the staff meetings and we say, here's who we're trying to be. And we can't do this work without you. Will you help us? Next question, what are some ways you publish or share these positive experiences so they get out into your culture? Is that something, you know, these special moments, is that something you share across the organization? Yeah, Corey and the Green Jello story is famous, right? So we go around and we share these stories everywhere. Our safety huddle every morning is called the safety and experience huddle, where we talk about experience stories as much as we talk about safety stories. The Green Jello story is quick but it has made the rounds within our health system. We've told everybody who's willing to listen. So we had a nurse leader come into one of our cafes. We don't call them cafeterias, we call them cafes. In one of our cafes, and she loves green jello. Every day buys green jello for lunch. Green jello, you can picture it, whipped cream on top. There was one left, there was no whipped cream. She asked Corey in food service, Corey, do you have any more with the whipped cream? And he said, no, that's all we have left. And she said, okay, he could she, he could tell she was a little disappointed. She took the green jello anyway and walked to the register. And in that moment, something happened inside Corey, right? Corey said, but I do know where the whipped cream is, right? And walked back and got the canister while she was still in line, right before she paid and filled that green jello up, right? That is a, a that helps physicians, nurses, PCTs, public safety, EVS, that story and stories from outside healthcare can help us learn so quickly because something, this is the invitation to our teams, right? When you have that feeling inside, like you want to do something more, we are giving you permission, right? To act on that feeling. It will make you feel better and it'll make them feel better, right? So we spread those stories everywhere. The green jello story is famous. Fantastic. One last question, and it's from Dr. Pichumani in India. Um, great discussion. Thank you. I'd like to know more about the job responsibilities of a patient experience officer in a hospital. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, our, my particular role might be different than, than some others. Um, and the easiest way to describe it is kind of what I began with in the very beginning, which is if you look at our work as far as time, past, present, and future, the one that we wish we could spend the most time on, the one I wish selfishly I could spend more time on is the future, right? And I'll be brief here. The future is where we get to uh, imagine the experience we wanna create for everybody, right? What's on the TV? What's the music? What's the lighting? What's the food like? What is the bed? How do we greet? How do we say goodbye? Um, how do we help people sleep better? When you have the time to really think through that a, a more personal experience, 
boy, that's really rewarding because then you can try things. That's probably uh, the least amount of my time, but it's also where I wish I could spend more. Present is what is happening right now in our clinics, our ambulatory locations, our hospitals, our EDs, our parking lots, our phone lines, just the reality of the present tense. And so what I do in my role is we make sure our teams are rounding where they need to round, where they're helping leaders. Maybe we have 20 people backed up in the ED. What can we do to support those teams? Maybe there's a de-escalation that has to happen. Maybe a nurse heard a patient say something about fireworks and they're not quite sure or someone's birthday. What they, they will call us and we will help them create a better experience for that patient or that loved one. Happens every day. Right. That's a big chunk of our time. And then lastly is past tense. You're looking at data. You're reading comments. You're looking at trends. Uh, it might be a letter that came in. It might be something posted on social media. And you tend to react a lot to that, which you kind of have to. That's a big chunk of our time too. But what we're trying to do is if we could spend more time in the future designing a better experience, we might just eliminate a lot of the time that we have to review bad things that happened in the past because the bad things that happened in the past might have been prevented if we had a more personally designed experience to begin with. Great question. Excellent. It's just one final question to you, Doug. Do you have a favorite quote? And if so, what would it be that you could share with us? I have a lot. Um, I think there are two, two that are appropriate for our discussion today. And this is about requires like an element of bravery for your audience, right? Some of the things we talked about today kind of require you to say, gosh, are we going to do this? So here's two. One is by T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot says, said, do I dare disturb the universe, right? So if everything's kind of status quo in your organization, there is this element where you're like, you know, if I just leave things alone and don't start asking new questions and don't stay the night as a patient and don't put on a gown, maybe things will be just fine, right? But this new normal requires us to be a little bit more brave. So I love that question. When I'm ready to take a leap, I ask myself, do I dare disturb the universe? And the answer is yes, Chris, yes, we must. And the other one is, by George Bernard Shaw, which is all great truths begin as blasphemies. All great truths begin as blasphemies. And sometimes when you have new ideas, they can appear to be blasphemous in your organization, right? And sometimes they are, and sometimes you have to let them go. Other times when you're feeling really compelled to try something new and you're getting a lot of pushback, my invitation to all of you as leaders is uh, to keep moving forward, to keep trying, right? Because sometimes new ideas can be uncomfortable, especially in healthcare where we do things very similarly for a long time. So this leadership work, this humanizing healthcare, the things we've learned from, from Plain Tree requires a level of bravery. And, and if not you, who? Thanks, Chris. Outstanding. Doug, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, all the things that you've been sharing are so inspiring and it's really impressive to hear the things that are going on at Endeavor Health. We look forward to hearing more about your progress in the future. To our listeners today, thank you for joining us as well. We hope you found this discussion informative and inspiring. And be sure to join us for our next Humanizing Healthcare discussion. We'll be talking to Dr. Leslie Jureko, Chief Safety, Quality and Experience Officer at the Cleveland Clinic. You won't wanna miss it. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode of Humanizing Healthcare, please give it a rating, share it with others, and follow us at Fidelum Health on LinkedIn.
And make sure you join us next time as we share more insights from another inspiring healthcare leader and innovator.